Uh-oh. Did Eric Gentry have a setback? Because he just had surgery. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And once again, thank you for coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, there's that like button on YouTube. Hit it. It means a lot. And if you haven't subscribed yet, now's a good time. Thank you. And to all of you who have, again, thank you so very much. This episode of Locked On USC is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com forward slash locked on today to get started. All right. So, um, yeah, I mentioned Eric Gentry. He underwent surgery on Thursday, and it's on the same ankle that he injured late, well, yeah, it was in the middle of the season last year. It was against Utah, regular season game, not the Pac-12 championship game. He played in that game. He also played in the Cotton Bowl. So uh, I guess my question is, I'm hoping everything's okay. I'm not thinking anything negative, but the first thought that popped into my head was spring camp's right on the record, right around the corner. Um I'm sure he's been working out off-season workouts. Number one, did he have a setback? Did he re-injure it? Did something happen? Or, uh, you know, were they hoping it was whatever injury that he had from last year, assuming that everyone thought he was pretty much healthy, um, it's been lingering and they need to go do some cleanup. Um, the cynical part of me is like, okay, if you knew there was this issue, why are you taking the whole Shaquille O'Neal route to uh, having your recovery surgery um, right before camp? Some of you may remember back in the day you were, uh, when Detroit whacked, literally whacked the Lakers out of the NBA Finals. And there's a little bit of a tug of war on that squad between Kobe and Shaquille O'Neal. It ended up being Kobe's team. And I think that was the final straw when Shaq said, you know what, I'm just going to have surgery right before we go into fall camp. And I, I think it rubbed the powers that be the wrong way. I'm not making that happen. That's just, I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but it's something I thought about. It's like, why are you having the surgery so late? I'm sure there's a good reason. Maybe we'll find out. Um, but again, back to Eric Gentry. Uh, we just want him to be healthy, number one. But he suffered that injury back on October 15th. And I, if everybody remembers, uh, you know, he's one of the more passionate players on the team. So he hopped right back on the field on one leg and he was inspiring his, uh, his teammates to try and get that defensive stop that they needed. We know the result. Nevertheless, um, Eric showed everybody that night that uh, he wanted to be out there. So, I'm sure he wants to be out there with his teammates right now, as well as spring camp. But he did end up missing four games uh, following that injury in that game against Utah back in October. 
So we're fast forwarding now. We know spring camp starts on March 4th, and we know the spring game is April 15th. That would essentially give Eric between now and then, what, uh, two months to, to, to get healthy today, today's being, date being February 16th. But you know, why would say, all right, Eric, let's get you back for the spring game. If you're not going to be practicing, or at least you're going to be working your way back up, I'm sure um, we'll see him at some point during spring in some limited capacity. I don't think there's any need, nor do I think we'll see him playing the spring game. There's no reason to rush him back in, at all. Um, but again, it's it was the whole idea of, being, of, of seeing what he could possibly do uh, at the rush end position um, where they, uh, again, there's just, you were hoping that with all the influx of linebackers coming in, you had Mason Cobb, you had Taka Curtis, you do a lot of cross training with the, with their linebacker group. And it was, at least for me, it was going to be intriguing to uh, him to see uh, what Eric Gentry could do at that rushing position. Now I've seen him rush, rush the quarterback off the edge before, but what if he made that switch full time again, due to all the linebackers that are coming in. Uh, so does that open the door, you know, for linebackers that I mentioned, Tackett Curtis, Mason Cobb, they're already here. What about, uh, I don't know. What about Rajon Davis? You know, that's, that's another guy who made a, a late impact. He opened the eyes of the coaches late in the season last year. So I, I don't think Gentry is going to lose his starting spot um, because he doesn't participate in spring. So we do hope that he has a quick recovery. Uh, no setbacks. And that he's ready for the summer PRPs. He can, you know, get started. I won't say dedicated, but get add more weight in the weight room because that, you know, people want to see him get bigger. Is it possible? Is he one of those guys who just can't add on the the bulkness? Remember Mike Morgan, who played linebacker for the Trojans back in the day. He was another one of those long, lanky guys, just couldn't get big, but big and rangy, and that's what they like about Gentry. So, again, Mason Cobb, Tech Curtis without uh, Eric Gentry in the middle. Those are going to be the guys to, to be focused on. I mentioned, is this the opening for Rajon Davis to kind of solidify that role um, after making that late-season impression, uh, especially in the Cotton Bowl? So, with all that intrigue for me at the linebacker group, before the announcement of Eric Gentry having the surgery, um, Let's just get to the question. Who's next on the intrigue list? Talk about that next. But first, let's talk about FanDuel. We're going to switch up. We're not talking about football because FanDuel, we're at the midway point of the NBA season, and it's here, it's now, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel. They are America's number one sportsbook. Why? Well, because new customers... You're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. You lose, you win. $1,000 worth of extra bonus bets. 
got to check that out. And all you have to do is just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's really super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and the threes drain. you got to love those profits. Oh, by the way, speaking of threes drain, I know this has nothing to do with the NBA, but USC Trojans men tonight, Thursday, they were draining their threes like they were going out of style. So you can bet on that over there too. Um, but with FanDuel, it lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Once again, thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. I want to make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you're going to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and the players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, before we get to the intrigue list, intrigue list I mentioned the men's team just a moment ago. Real quick, let's let's get this. Let's give them their props. They got uh, they had a rough weekend last week against the Oregon schools. They came home Thursday night, Galen Center. They destroyed Cal. I mean, it was embarrassing for Cal, ninety-seven to sixty. Um, and here's an interesting stat line: No player, according to one of the posters at WeRC, I'm going to steal your thunder here and put it over here. Um, Nobody in the NCAA this year has put up a stat line of at least 30 points, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, one block, and one turnover or with one turnover or less. Well, Drew Peterson did that tonight against Cal. So props to Drew. Uh, by the way, at halftime, both Drew and Boogie combined, they had more points than the Cal team. That's how bad it was for them. I mean, Cal is so bad. They're, they're sucky bad. I mean, Three and 23 overall for the season. Bad. USC, they will take on Stanford Saturday night at Galen, 7 p.m. Oh, by the way, Stanford's kind of on the uptick a little bit. They did beat Arizona last week. So this is a, it's going to be a tougher game in Cal. USC needs to win this game. It, it is a must win at home. They won 13 in a row. Let's go for 14. All right, back to football because I know some of you guys get all tighten the uh, gluteus when I talk basketball for any amount of time. There, I think I went three minutes, so deal with it. So isn't it weird how uh, the door is wide open for Rajon Davis? On the same day he appeared on the WeRSC intrigue list. Now, if you are going over to WeRSC.com, you will find out that, full disclosure, uh, from Eric Gentry, from excuse me, Eric McKinney, that Eric Gentry was actually the number, the guy number sixteen on the list compiled at WRSC. So, uh, I, isn't it weird that on the day that he's going to be spoken about, um, he decides to have his surgery? So, 
Rajon Davis was number 21, apparently, on the We Are SC list. He was a little higher on my list. Uh, full disclosure from me, Eric Gentry never made my list that I submitted. Um, so I guess he would have been number 21. Um, and only because if we're, I'm looking at it from this point, if he would have made the full-time position switch to Russia, I mentioned it on in the earlier segment, I've seen him rush the quarterback off the edge. Can he do it full-time? Is he big enough? So, uh, you know, Rajon, he was much higher on my list. Uh, but as I mentioned, he and Mason Cobb and Taka Curtis and all those other linebackers who cross-train, you know, within the group so they, they can play all the positions. Shane Lee, not, not mentioning every name. I don't want to go down the road. All I'm saying is doors open to see who can uh, maybe earn some rotation spot at that middle linebacker. Maybe open up the coach's eyes and uh, be more creative with the personnel they have now. So who was on my entry list? Well, it's still a defensive guy. So number 16 for me on the intrigue list as we work our way up to the most intriguing, it's the transfer cornerback Christian Roland Wallace from Arizona. Is he going to just come in and claim that spot uh, like Mekhi Blackman did last year? If Damani Jackson was ready to start at cornerback last year before his injury started to nag at him and, and keep him from starting last year, uh, does that make everyone? Does that mean everyone else is you know fighting for for their backup spots or you know the the dying positions? We know that uh, USC likes to do that 4-2-5. So, you know, who's uh, who, who's going to be able to see the field if, if, if Christian and Damani are your starting cornerbacks? Now, what's interesting about Christian Roland Wallace, I don't know if many people know this, but, uh, well, he, number one, he was really lightly recruited. Arizona, where he ended up, Oregon State, San Jose State, Wyoming, um, I think Nevada, New Mexico. Oh, by the way, USC also recruited him. And I guess his uh, lead recruiter or main point of contact was our own, USC's own, Gavin Morris. Just found that a little interesting. Full circle, Gavin's guy. He got him. So if anyone was watching this and they can tell Gavin he got his props, he recruited his guy, and he eventually got him to USC. So by hook or crook, Gavin will get his guy. But uh, when you look at uh, Christian's stats at Arizona, he just he's been getting better each season. He was part of the 2019 class. And in 2019, he had 37 total tackles. I, maybe he was injured in 2020, but his numbers dropped a little bit to 26 total. But they started to bounce back up his uh, in 2021. He had 48. And the last year, 57 total tackles, 41 solo. And uh, you might remember against USC, well, he had a really good game against USC. In fact, statistically, he had his best game against USC. Eight tackles, six of them by himself, including a pass deflection. So is he going to be able to hold off Jacoby Covington 
who came on late last year. And that's somebody who Grinch really wanted to see more of earlier in the year, but he finally saw him come along as the season came, went along. And that happened when he took over the spot from Sia Wright, who started 2022 opposite Makai Blackman. So where is Sia Wright now in the rotation? Joshua Jackson Jr., he's back healthy, hopefully, ready to compete for his spot. Uh, he was starting to look like a player in 2021 before injury. So, again, is this a, a plug-and-play veteran presence opposite Tamani with uh, Christian? We'll find out. Uh, if he can tackle, it's definitely a starting point. We know we know that's a big-time issue. Big-time issue for uh, USC last year, and they've got to get better. They've got to get a lot better. And if Christian can bring that, that part of the game with him from Arizona, um, great. Another guy who can uh, lead by example. So while Eric Gentry going down is definitely intriguing, and it opens up a lot of uh, a lot of playing time for the other linebackers who would typically be rotating behind him. What are your thoughts on this? Should there are we concerned about Eric Gentry? Um, if his if he wasn't able to recover during the off excuse me during the off season. Um, is he going to be able to recover after surgery? Or was the surgery just to go in and clean up some stuff so he's not feeling any types of aches and pains? We don't know. But it's definitely intriguing. Um, but again, he wouldn't have been... Uh, he would have been much lower on my intrigue list. Number 21, maybe 22. Uh but now that the injury has crept back up again, now he's much higher on my list. Because you, you, you hope that he can hold up at that position at the way he plays. When you look at him, you know, long legs, bird legs, thin ankles, and it just he doesn't look like a football player. He looks more like a, a power forward. Looks like he'd be a great NBA player. Very athletic. So, I don't know. It's something we're going to have to keep our eye on here. All right. Uh, so, there you go. You have Eric Gentry and on the uh, on the intrigue list. And because of his surgery, for, on the WRSC intrigue list, and because of his surgery, he got bumped. So, next man up was Rajon Davis. And I think this is the opening that Rajon needs. If he is going to hopefully be able to take advantage of this and not not force the coaching staff to say, all right, well, you're another 50-50 guy, as Lincoln said. Don't leave it in there. Don't let them have to make the decision. Prove to them that you are the guy. Well, so there's going to be a lot of competition at linebacker, as I mentioned. Rajon Davis, Mason Cobb, Tackett Curtis, you know, a lot of people really think he's going to be the guy eventually. He's your prototypical linebacker. And remember, USC, they only recruited one. He was the guy. Speaking of a recruit, I'm just going to drop this note in here. Uh, there is a strong feeling that uh, Deuce Robinson – 
is going to make an announcement or is going to be a Trojan eventually. I'm not saying when he's going to make his announcement, but another uh, recruiting uh, guru out there, Blair Angulo, um, he's gone on record saying he feels good about it. He thinks it's going to be USC. All I'll say to that is, great. I know Deuce was working out with the Dodgers. So uh, maybe something worked out there to USC's advantage. Go Dyers. Go NIL. Let's tie it all together. No reason for him to go to Georgia. And that would put a nice little bow on USC's 2023 recruiting class, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about uh, one more dagger in the Pac-12? And let's, I'm just going to say, this is a direct result of USC and UCLA joining the big conference. I mean, the hits just, they keep coming for these leftovers in the Pac-12, excuse me, Pac-10. Conference that still does not have a TV deal in place. The latest hit. And this woman, uh, wow. This one might have really driven the point home where the Pac-12 is now on the totem pole in the pecking order. Ohio State, they canceled their home-and-home -home series with the University of the Washington Huskies. 20, in 2024 and 2025, Ohio State and UW, they were scheduled to play each other. First in Seattle, then in Columbus, Ohio the following year. UW released a statement in, this, uh, in a story in the Seattle Times. We are in the process of finding new opponents for the 2024 and 25 seasons and will provide an update as soon as we have one. According to... Uh, Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith, we initiated the cancellation. I have the utmost respect for the University of Washington and for Director of Athletics Jennifer Cohen, and this was a very difficult call to make. Continuing, consistent with terms of the contract, we will be responsible for the $500,000 cancellation penalty that has to be paid by February of 2025 as a result of the cancellation, and we will add an eighth home game for the 2024 season, affording us the opportunity to have the funding to pay the penalty and guarantee for that eighth opponent, end quote. So first of all, uh, that part about being able to fund for this, Ohio State has plenty of money to write the check today, right now, and especially with the new TV deal. They have plenty of money. They, he didn't need to add that eighth game to pay for this. Uh, second of all, UW just got paid off, like USC paid off UC Davis a, a few years ago, so they can get out of that mistake of that schedule. Remember, UC Davis was on USC's schedule, and the USC uh, fans spoke loudly. And that got changed when Mike Bone took over. He understood USC does not want to play that caliber of a program. 
and out of conference. Number one, it's not going to be a draw for the fans. Uh, ironically, UC Davis is on Washington's out of conference schedule already for 2025. I, I guess in the bigger picture, this cancellation really calls into question UW, Oregon, Stanford, Arizona. You know, what's going to be their ability to, to schedule Big Ten or SEC opponents in the future? Um, it's, look, we, we know that, uh, we know things are moving to the super conferences. The SEC is already there. The Big's already there. The Big 12, ACC, they're going to get absorbed eventually. The Pac-12 is just going to disintegrate. Where are these teams going to end up going? I mean, when you think about it this way, USC and UCLA are part of the big conference. Ohio State knows they're going to be playing USC or UCLA in those first two years, either at one of the places in LA, either at USC or at UCLA. That's the thought process. So when is Washington or Oregon going to get these types of games again? That's why I made the suggestion. Maybe USC should throw those teams a bone. Put them on a rotational basis. Let's put Washington up first. And let's go. Uh, I, you know what? I enjoy going to Arizona State. Do them next. Look for a weekender. Get the Bay Area schools in there. Let's put uh, Oregon down there at the, at the bottom. Point the, the point I'm trying to make here. I, I, yeah, I know that's a little bit of a dig. But trust me, if it can happen to Washington, it can definitely happen to Oregon, too. And let's just be honest, this is a result of USC making this making the jump. This is... It, it's uh, friendly fire. Well, I guess it's one way of putting it. So all I can say is... Pac-12, it was fun. I've enjoyed some of the uh, the rivalries. It's going to be an interesting season to follow this year. I know there's going to be a lot of animosity, especially when USC heads up to Eugene. I plan on being there. Uh, but how's that TV deal? That prepared statement that the, the, the Pac-10 released the other day, it, it's really starting to sound more and more like that, you know, dreaded vote of confidence the head coach gets right before he gets fired days or weeks later. It's just not looking real good for the Pac-12. The money's not coming in. The, the TV deals just aren't exciting. Uh, man, I... I why we knew you. All right. We'll be back again with another five episodes of Locked on USC starting next week because that's the end of this week. 
Hope you enjoyed this show. I did. And, uh, oh, by the way, don't forget to check out Locked On College Basketball. When you're done making Locked On USC your first listen every day. And then don't forget, head on over to WeRSC.com. We've got a lot of good content for you. And that's when you're going to find out about stuff about Eric Gentry. You'll find out some recruiting information. Deuce Robinson, head on over there. But have a great weekend. Until I see you guys again, you know what to do.